section nineteen of the crime of sylvestre bonheur by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain from may two to may five i have seen him in his office maitre mouche the guardian of jeanne small thin and dry his complexion looks as if it was made out of the dust of his pigeon-holes he is a spectacled animal for to imagine him without his spectacles would be impossible i have heard him speak this maitre mouche he has a voice like a tin rattle and he uses choice phrases but i should have been better pleased if he had not chosen his phrases so carefully i have observed him this maitre mouche he is very ceremonious and watches his visitors slyly out of the corner of his eye maitre mouche is quite pleased he informs us he is delighted to find we have taken such an interest in his ward but he does not think we are placed in this world just to amuse ourselves no he does not believe it and i am free to acknowledge that anybody in his company is likely to reach the same conclusion so little is he capable of inspiring joyfulness he fears that it would be giving his dear ward a false and pernicious idea of life to allow her too much enjoyment it is for this reason that he requests madame de gabry not to invite the young girl to her house except at very long intervals we left the dusty notary and his dusty study with a permit in due form everything which issues from the office of maitre mouche is in due form to visit mademoiselle jeanne alexandre on the first thursday of each month at mademoiselle prefere's private school rue d'amour Terne. the first thursday in may i set out to pay a visit to mademoiselle prefere whose establishment i discerned from afar off by a big sign painted with blue letters that blue tint was the first indication i received of mademoiselle prefere's character which i was able to see more of later on a scared-looking servant took my card and abandoned me without one word of hope at the door of a chilly parlour full of that stale odour peculiar to the dining-rooms of educational establishments the floor of this parlour had been waxed with such pitiless energy that i remained for a while in distress upon the threshold but happily observing that little strips of woollen carpet had been scattered over the floor in front of each horsehair chair i succeeded by cautiously stepping from one carpet island to another in reaching the angle of the mantelpiece where i sat down quite out of breath over the mantelpiece in a large gilded frame was a written document entitled in flamboyant gothic lettering tableau d'honneur with a long array of names underneath among which i did not have the pleasure of finding that of jean alexandre after having read over several times the names of those girl pupils who had thus made themselves honoured in the eyes of mademoiselle prefere i began to feel uneasy at not hearing any one coming mademoiselle prefere would certainly have succeeded in establishing the absolute silence of interstellar spaces throughout her pedagogical domains had it not been that the sparrows had chosen her yard to assemble in by legions and chirp at the top of their voices it was a pleasure to hear them but there was no way of seeing them through the ground-glass windows 
i had to content myself with the sights of the parlour decorated from floor to ceiling on all of its four walls with drawings executed by the pupils of the institution there were vestals flowers thatched cottages column capitals and an enormous head of tatius king of the sabines bearing the signature estelle mouton i had already passed some time in admiring the energy with which mademoiselle mouton had delineated the bushy eyebrows and the fierce gaze of the antique warrior when a sound faint like the rustling of a dead leaf moved by the wind caused me to turn my head it was not a dead leaf at all it was mademoiselle prefere with hands jointed before her she came gliding over the mirror polish of that wonderful floor as the saints of the golden legend were wont to glide over the crystal surface of the waters but upon any other occasion i am sure mademoiselle prefere would not have made me think in the least about those virgins dear to mystical fancy her face rather gave me the idea of a russet apple preserved or a whole winter in an attic by some economical housekeeper her shoulders were covered with a fringed pelerine which had nothing at all remarkable about it but which she wore as if it were a sacerdotal vestment or the symbol of some high civic function i explained to her the purpose of my visit and gave her my letter of introduction ah so you are monsieur mouche she exclaimed is his health very good he is the most upright of men the most she did not finish the phrase but raised her eyes to the ceiling my own followed the direction of their gaze and observed a little spiral of paper lace suspended from the place of the chandelier which was apparently destined so far as i could discover to attract the flies away from the gilded mirror frames and the tableau d'honneur i met mademoiselle jean alexandre i observed at the residence of madame de gabry and had reason to appreciate the excellent character and quick intelligence of the young girl as i used to know her parents very well the friendship which i felt for them naturally inclines me to take an interest in her mademoiselle prefere in lieu of making any reply sighed profoundly pressed her mysterious pelerine to her heart and again contemplated the paper spiral at last she observed since you were once the friend of monsieur and madame alexandre i hope and trust that like monsieur mouche and myself you deplore those crazy speculations which led them to ruin and reduce their daughter to absolute poverty i thought to myself in hearing these words how very wrong it is to be unlucky and how unpardonable such an error on the part of those previously in a position worthy of envy their fall at once avenges and flatters us and we are wholly pitiless after having answered very frankly that i knew nothing whatever about the history of the bank i asked the schoolmistress if she was satisfied with mademoiselle alexandre that child is indomitable cried mademoiselle Prefere and she assumed an attitude of lofty resignation to symbolize the difficult situation she was placed in by a pupil so hard to train then with more calmness of manner she added the young person is not unintelligent but she cannot resign herself to learn things by rule what a strange old maid was this mademoiselle prefere she walked without lifting her legs and spoke without moving her lips without however considering her peculiarities for more than a reasonable instant i replied that principles were no doubt very excellent things and that i could trust myself to her judgment in regard to their value but that after all when one had learned something it is very little difference what method had been followed in the learning of it mademoiselle made a slow gesture of dissent then with a sigh she declared ah monsieur those who do not understand educational methods are apt to have very false ideas 
on these subjects i am certain they express their opinions with the best intentions in the world but they would do better a great deal better to leave all such questions to competent people i did not attempt to argue further and simply asked her whether i could see mademoiselle alexandre at once she looked at her pelerine as if trying to read in the entanglements of its fringes as in a conjuring book what sort of answer she ought to make then said mademoiselle alexandre has a penance to perform and a class lesson to give but i should be very sorry to let you put yourself to the trouble of coming here all to no purpose i am going to send for her only first allow me monsieur as is our custom to put your name on the visitor's register she sat down at the table opened a large copy-book and taking out maitre mouche's letter again from under her pelerine where she had placed it looked at it and began to write bonard with a d is it not she asked excuse me for being so particular but my opinion is that proper names have an orthography we have dictation lessons in proper names monsieur at this school historical proper names of course after i had written down my name in a running hand she inquired whether she should not put down after it my profession title quality such as retired merchant employee independent gentleman or something else there was a column in her register expressly for that purpose my goodness madame i said if you must absolutely fill that column of yours put down member of the institute it was still mademoiselle Pefer's pelerine i saw before me but it was not mademoiselle Pefer who wore it it was a totally different person obliging gracious caressing radiant happy her eyes smiled the little wrinkles of her face there were a vast number of them also smiled her mouth smiled likewise but only on one side i discovered afterwards that was her best side she spoke her voice had also changed with her manner it was now sweet as honey you said monsieur that our dear jeanne was very intelligent i discovered the same thing myself and i am proud of being able to agree with you this young girl has really made me feel a great deal of interest in her she has what i call a happy disposition but excuse me for thus drawing upon your valuable time she summoned a servant girl who looked much more hurried and scared than before and who vanished with the order to go and tell mademoiselle alexandre that monsieur sylvestre bonnard member of the institute was waiting to see her in the parlour mademoiselle Prefere had barely time to confide in me that she had the most profound respect for all decisions of the institute whatever they might be when jeanne appeared out of breath red as a poppy with her eyes very wide open and her arms dangling helplessly at her sides charming in her artless awkwardness what a state you are in my dear child murmured mademoiselle Prefere with maternal sweetness as she arranged the girl's collar jeanne certainly did present an odd aspect her hair combed back and imperfectly held by a net from which loose curls were escaping her slender arms sheathed down to the elbows in lustring sleeves her hands which she did not seem to know what to do with all red with chilblains her dress much too short revealing that she had on stockings much too large for her and shoes worn down at the heel and a skipping rope tied round her waist in lieu of a belt all combined to lend mademoiselle jeanne an appearance the reverse of presentable oh you crazy girl sighed mademoiselle Prefere, who now seemed no longer like a mother but rather like an elder sister then she suddenly left the room gliding like a shadow over the polished floor 
i said to jean sit down jean and talk to me as you would to a friend are you not better satisfied here now than you were last year she hesitated then answered with a good-natured smile of resignation not much better i asked her to tell me about her school life she began at once to enumerate all her different studies piano style chronology of the kings of france sewing drawing catechism deportment i could never remember them all she still held in her hands all unconsciously the two ends of her skipping rope and she raised and lowered them regularly while making her enumeration then all at once she became conscious of what she was doing blushed stammered and became so confused that i had to renounce my desire to know the full programme of study adopted in the preferre institution after having questioned jean on various matters and obtained only the vaguest of answers i perceived that her young mind was totally absorbed by the skipping rope and i entered bravely into that grave subject so you have been skipping i said it is a very nice amusement but one that you must not exert yourself too much at for any excessive exercise of that kind might seriously injure your health and i should be very much grieved about it jean i should be very much grieved indeed you are very kind monsieur the young girl said to have come to see me and talk to me like this i did not think about thanking you when i came in because i was too much surprised have you seen madame de gabry please tell me something about her monsieur madame de gabry i answered is very well i can only tell you about her jean what an old gardener once said of the lady of the castle his mistress when somebody anxiously inquired about her madame is in her road yes madame de gabry is in her own road and you know jean what a good road it is and how steadily she can walk upon it i went out with her the other day very very far away from the house and we talked about you we talked about you my child at your mother's grave i'm very glad said jean and then all at once she began to cry i felt too much reverence for those generous tears to attempt in any way to check the emotion that had evoked them but in a little while as the girl wiped her eyes i asked her will you not tell me jean why you were thinking so much about that skipping rope a little while ago why indeed i will monsieur it was only because i had no right to come into the parlour with a skipping rope you know of course that i am past the age for playing at skipping but when the servant said there was an old gentleman oh i mean that a gentleman was waiting for me in the parlour i was making the little girls jump then i tied the rope around my waist in a hurry so that it might not get lost he was wrong but i have not been in the habit of having many people come to see me and mademoiselle Prefere never lets us off if we commit any breach of deportment so i know she is going to punish me and i am very sorry about it that is too bad jean she became very grave and said yes monsieur it is too bad because when i am punished myself i have no more authority over the little girls i did not at once fully understand the nature of this unpleasantness but jean explained to me that as she was charged by mademoiselle Prefere with the duties of taking care of the youngest class of washing and dressing the children of teaching them how to behave how to sew how to say the alphabet of showing them how to play and finally of putting them to bed at the close of the day she could not make herself obeyed by those turbulent little folks on the days she was condemned to wear a nightcap in the classroom or to eat her meal standing up from a plate turned upside down having secretly admired the punishments devised by the lady of the enchanted pelerine i responded then if i understand you rightly jean 
you are at once a pupil here and a mistress it is a condition of existence very common in the world you are punished and you punish oh monsieur she exclaimed no i never punish then i suspect said i that your indulgence gets you many scoldings from mademoiselle Prefère. she smiled and blinked then i said to her that the troubles in which we often involve ourselves by trying to act according to our conscience and to do the best we can are never of the sort that totally dishearten and weary us but are on the contrary wholesome trials this sort of philosophy touched her very little she even appeared totally unmoved by my moral exhortations but was not this quite natural on her part and ought i not to have remembered that it is only those no longer innocent who can find pleasure in the systems of moralists i had at least good sense enough to cut short my sermonizing jean i said you were asking a moment ago about madame de gabry let us talk about that fairy of yours she was very prettily made do you do any modelling in wax now i've not a bit of wax she exclaimed wringing her hands no wax at all no wax i cried in a republic of busy bees she laughed and then you see monsieur my figurines as you call them are not in mademoiselle prefere's programme but i had begun to make a very small saint georges for madame de gabry a tiny little saint georges with a golden cuirass is not that right monsieur bonnard to give saint georges a gold cuirass quite right jean but what became of it i'm going to tell you i kept it in my pocket because i had no other place to put it and and i sat down on it by mistake she drew out of her pocket a little wax figure which had been squeezed out of all resemblance to human form and of which the dislocated limbs were only attached to the body by their wire framework at the sight of her hero thus marred she was seized at once with compassion and gaiety the latter feeling obtained the mastery and she burst into a clear laugh which however stopped as suddenly as it had begun mademoiselle Préfère stood at the parlour door smiling that dear child sighed the schoolmistress in her tenderest tone i am afraid she will tire you and then your time is so precious i begged mademoiselle Préfère to dismiss that illusion and rising to take my leave i took from my pocket some chocolate cakes and sweets which i had brought with me that is so nice says jean there will be enough to go round the whole school the lady of the pelerine intervened mademoiselle alexandre she said thank monsieur for his generosity jeanne looked at her for an instant in a sullen way then turning to me said with remarkable firmness monsieur i thank you for your kindness in coming to see me jeanne i said pressing both her hands remain always a good truthful brave girl good-bye as she left the room with her packages of chocolate and confectionery she happened to strike the handles of her skipping-rope against the back of a chair mademoiselle Préfère, full of indignation pressed both hands over her heart under her pelerine and i almost expected to see her give up her scholastic ghost when we found ourselves alone she recovered her composure and i must say without considering myself thereby flattered that she smiled upon me with one whole side of her face mademoiselle i said taking advantage of her good humour i notice that jean alexandre looks a little pale 
you know better than i how much consideration and care a young girl requires at her age it would only be doing you an injustice by implication to recommend her still more earnestly to your vigilance these words seemed to ravish her with delight she lifted her eyes as in ecstasy to the paper spirals of the ceiling and clasping her hands exclaimed how well these eminent men know the art of considering the most trifling details i called her attention to the fact that the health of a young girl was not a trifling detail and made my farewell bow but she stopped me on the threshold to say to me very confidentially you must excuse me monsieur i am a woman and i love glory i cannot conceal from you the fact that i feel myself greatly honoured by the presence of a member of the institute in my humble institution i duly excuse the weakness of mademoiselle prefere and thinking only of jeanne with the blindness of egotism kept asking myself all along the road what are we going to do with this child End of section nineteen